0: Welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McDonough, and with me today is Dr. James Andrews. Dr. Andrews is world famous for his work in orthopedic surgery. You may have heard of him from his many sports operations, but actually he does a lot of all sorts of orthopedic surgery at the Andrews Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center in St. Vincent's Medical Center in Birmingham. He also practices at the Andrews Institute for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Gulf Breeze, Florida. We could go on all day talking about his credentials, but we have an opportunity to talk with Dr. Andrews. And first of all, Dr. Andrews, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Um, I want to start out, you know, a lot of physicians listen to this, many involved in primary care care. What is the most frustrating injury you see? I know you see a lot of pro athletes. You see a lot of weekend warriors. What's the most frustrating thing you come across as far as sports injuries and trying to deal with?
1: Well, if we talk about sports injuries in general that I deal with, we'd have to talk about shoulder, elbow, and knee problems. And I think still the number one super problem that we see in sports is still the the ACL injury, the anterior cruciate ligament injury of the knee. And that's particularly prevalent in, in young female athletes, uh, soccer players. And uh, we haven't been able to figure out how to prevent these injuries uh, in these young athletes. And it's still perplexing to us to see it happen.
0: Are there any theories right now? I mean, I've heard people say joint laxity, other things, that, anything that you suspect?
1: Well, there are lots of theories, but uh, so far uh, they're mostly theories. Females have, of a, a, a course, a wider-shaped pelvis. They come down with a, a valgus angle, a knock-knee angle to their knee, and, and perhaps from an anatomic standpoint, when they decelerate and, and, and come down from a landing, they're more prone to tear their ACL. Uh, there are other theories that go into it, including hormonal theories, uh, developmental theories. You know, Title IX just was ushered in not too long ago, and all of a sudden we had a bunch of non-athletic young females participating in sports. So obviously that had something to do with it because of the developmental aspects, but eventually the young females will catch up with the males relative to the cutting and jumping sports, and hopefully uh, with some preventative measures we'll be able to equalize the, the injury patterns. Right now, though, there's four, five, six, seven to one times Female injuries with ACLs compared to males,
0: and yet, of course, and you deal with many of them. You see the famous professional athletes, many male athletes with the ACL injuries, and they, of course, garner a great deal of attention. Are weekend warriors prone to the injury as a result of you know trying to reproduce what they see on TV?
1: Oh, there's no question about that. Uh, I had a, a, a female in with me today. That's a taekwondo. Uh, instructor who's 48 years old and tore her ACL in a a taekwondo contest and has suffered with that for several months, is going to have to undergo an operation to be able to just lead a normal life. So it happens at all ages, from young kids all the way up to anybody that's active
0: when you're talking about the doctor making the diagnosis uh, of an ACL or whatever, I guess one of the tests I years ago I didn't, can't say I trained under him because I was just a medical student in the classroom at Temple, but Dr. Lockman with the Lockman maneuver taught that. He
1: revolutionized the diagnosis. There's no question about it.
0: Many people can do that. They can attempt that in the office. That's something where uh, a physician can actually make a big difference with the physical diagnosis.
1: That's a that's a very specific test and. Uh, it's one we use all the time, uh, just a very simple movement of pulling the shin bone forward against the thigh bone, and you feel the the excursion uh, of the shin bone moving forward abnormally. You don't feel the ACL tighten up, and it's a very, very good specific test for a torn anterior cruciate ligament.
0: My guest is Dr. James Andrews, and we're talking about different types of injuries. What about professional athletes? You deal a lot with them. It must take a certain personality, because I would imagine these are people who are highly trained, uh, they're intense about what they do, and there's a lot of financial pressure on them and career. How do you guide them through many of the tough decisions you do?
1: Well, they're highly motivated, as you well know, and I've said many, many times, uh, if you pick the right patient with the, the, the high-level uh, athletic skills, they'll make you look real good as a, as a physician. And honestly, um, some of the high-level elite athletes are easier to get back and to take care of than some of the ones that are so-called weekend warriors that perhaps don't have that great athletic ability to overcome an injury. But professional athletes, you know, they have all day each day during their recovery to, uh, to do rehabilitation and to go through all the different steps to recovery. And, you know, somebody that gets hurt on a Saturday afternoon has a regular job, it's difficult for them to spend the kind of time that it takes to really have a super recovery, whereas a, a professional athlete has everything in the world going for them medically from a rehab standpoint, athletic trainers, therapists, doctors, to give them the very best care in the world.
0: You know, you go through a lot in the sense that you're, it's highly publicized what you do, the types of surgeries you do and, and when you do them. I mean, right now, it could be different athlete, different month. It just happens to be uh, Robert Griffin Third, RG3, the quarterback of the Redskins. You're in the paper almost every day. But a few months later, it might be a pitcher. It might be a basketball player. But how do you deal with the aspect of, you know, people who are fans looking at what you do and hoping it works and questioning what you do and owners saying this and that. What about that aspect of, of your career?
1: I'd be remiss to say that it doesn't add additional pressure. There's no no question about it. But, you know, uh, you, you have to treat everybody special, and you don't try to do something special for an athlete because of an elite status. So you you do the same thing over and over and over again and treat all these patients the same. Don't get excited. Try to do something special because it's some big-name special athlete. And if you do the best you can do and, and you carry out your procedure on a repetitive basis and do enough of them over and over again, then you've done the best you can do, and that's how you treat them. If you, if you get too excited about it or get nervous about it or, or or get to wondering and questioning yourself, then you're not going to do a good job. So uh, it, it comes – with all the the territory like my wife says if you can't stand the heat you have to get out of the kitchen so you have to be able to to take the good with the bad too
0: if you're just tuning in you're listening to primary care today on reach md i'm dr brian mcdonough your host i'm speaking with dr james andrews world famous orthopedic surgeon talking a little bit about the work he does and also uh Relating to what many people feel, the pressures they do as physicians in their day-to-day job as well. How did you get from here to there? I mean, I'm sure you went to medical school like everyone, and you probably had an interest in surgery. What led you into the path of sports medicine per se, uh, and then into the realm of, I guess, getting known as the person people would fly to from all over the world?
1: Well, I was a, a high school athlete in three, or four different sports. I went to college on a Pole and track scholarship at LSU. Uh, I wanted to mix medicine with athletics from the word go. Uh, I really wanted to be. And back in those days, we didn't know we didn't really know what the term sports medicine was. I wanted to be a team position, so it led me into a medical school at LSU, Tulane residency, and then I did several fellowship in sports medicine. Uh, with extra training. And then I was fortunate enough to study under a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Jack Houston, who was really the father of uh, modern sports medicine in, in the Southeast United States and in the country. And I was able to work with him for 13 years and and worked my way up from high school athletes to college. And all of a sudden, these kids that I saw in high school, like Bo Jackson, were playing college football, taking care of them there, and then all of a sudden they were professional athletes. So it, I sort of grew up with, uh, with with great athletes in this part of the country and made myself available to take care of them. And I didn't have any special plans. I didn't do anything but try to do the best I could and work hard.
0: You know, you mentioned a, a name like a Bo Jackson, who uh, anybody who grew up uh, and watched him play was just fascinated by what he could do. His career – Uh, was cut short by injury. Um, When you deal with athletes like that, I guess there's a lot of psychological issues you have to deal with. You have to actually talk with them about the pressures and and moving on in life. How did you deal with uh, an example like a Bo Jackson? What do you do to help move them along?
1: Well, number one, you have to be compassionate with them, and you you have to be realistic with them too. And to some degree, you have to let them down slowly. You have to get to know them. Uh, You have to, to... to spend a lot of time with them, uh, and you have to show them that you care for them, and you also have to discuss life after sports with them, and tell them that, you know, there there is life after an an athletic career, Uh, and you'd be surprised, athletes that are really good ones are smart, and they understand that, And, and if you look at the success rate of athletes that have been injured, or even the ones that had a long career, They're very successful in life after sports. So you have to grow up with them. You continue to, to be with them throughout their whole career, win, lose, or draw, basically.
0: One of the things that's happening right now, Dr. Andrews, is a great deal of attention about concussions in sports. College, professional, obviously, with the recent settlement in the NFL, high school. What's your feeling on what we've learned about concussions, and what do you see going down the road as the impact and how things might change?
1: I think the biggest thing we've learned is just one simple term. There is no such thing as a dean. If you suspect a concussion, they're out. Don't you know, put them back into their sport, and uh, you take care of them, uh, and you take it serious, and, and you don't try to hide the, 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 and, and rush them back at all. The big thing, though, is trying to prevent concussions in the youth athletes. Cause that's where they begin. And when they have something as a young athlete, it should be recognized and it should be treated appropriately and conservatively because if you don't, then they, they become repetitive and then they wind up with problems as college athlete, increasing problems as pro athletes. So the big thing is, is to try to prevent them in the junior high and high school ranges. And again, uh, rules to prevent head-to-head contact in high school football, Uh, we've got to really get serious about making those proper calls, uh, just as serious as we do with fines or head-to-head contact in the professional ranks. So uh, it's, it's a matter of prevention at an early age. That's really the key to what we have to do.
0: I think you bring up a great point, and for those listening who are physicians and team docs, that's a great point, especially at the junior high school, high school level. Those early concussions can lead to major problems down the road, and there's probably a lot of pressure by parents, you know, keep the kids in the game, we want to win. They they think they're playing on a professional level, but gosh, uh, so few even make it to the professional ranks. But beyond that, they've got to live a life and not, not have to deal with this.
1: I think uh, it's uh, everything that's been done from the professional rank basically down uh, to the NCAA, who's really behind uh, concussion prevention and treatment. It has trickled down now the pressure zone in high schools and junior high schools. You know, the problem with with a lot of high schools and junior high schools is that's not where the best sports medicine is. Uh, And I guess the point I'm making there is that one of the things we're trying to do with our national initiative that the Sports Medicine Society is doing relative to the STOP program is trying to promote athletic trainers, as the mandate athletic trainers in all public high schools and even junior high schools because that's where prevention begins with athletic trainers. That's their job. And we need really better sports medicine care with, for all of these young athletes, and it's, it's got to be done sooner or later.
0: If you wanted to be remembered for anything as a surgeon, you know, as a physician, what would it be?
1: Prevention of injuries in youth sports.
0: It's that big of an issue. You see that as as probably the major thing well, in your career?
1: Uh, right now, those injuries in, in youth sports, all like 29 of them, is at epidemic proportions. So uh, we've seen a, a five- to ten-fold increase in injuries in in, in youth sports since the year 2000. We're now seeing young kids, 14 years old, with what I call adult sports injuries, and uh, uh, my whole passion in this twilight of my career is trying to get to the grassroot level and, and get the information out to parents to try to take care of these kids. Uh, two things that we need to know about that is try to not to, to get your young kids involved in a single sport, what we call specialization year-round, and watch out trying to do what we call professionalism. So if we could do that and I can pr- help prevent these injuries particularly the overuse injuries in new sports, Uh, my career will be successful as far as I'm concerned.
0: Well, Dr. James Andrews, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us on this program. It it was really a pleasure to have you with us. And if you have missed any of this discussion, please visit ReachMD.com slash PrimaryCare today to download the podcast and learn more about the series. I want to thank everybody for listening. But most important, Dr. Andrews, thank you for taking the time to join us.
1: Thank you. It was great.